purposes of recording of being to say your names and um and like where you were born and um what age you were during the war so you want to start with me you can start with your name okay my name is charlotte taylor slagle and i was born in 19 december of 32 so i was what nine years old so and that's and I lived right here in town. I guess that, I mean. You said 19 December, I thought it was 20 December. What? You said 19 December. 1932. Yeah. December 20th, 1932. Yeah, well, that's when I was born. <laughs> anyway, do you want me to say what I have to say right now? No. Um, we can go through around saying our names first, and then we can talk about Well, may, maybe it'd be better to just... Uh, say our name and then, and then it won't be mixed up you know when you go back around a second time okay well i was about um, nine years old and um i remember one night a game war uh, not a game warden uh air raid warden uh came and my mother had a big processor pot sitting on the back porch and the moon was shining and it it was making a light I guess up in the sky if the Germans were here and um, he told her she'd have to move it so the moon didn't hit the reflect on it also um, there's one other thing I had to do I don't know. Move on, and I'll, I'll, I'll I think about it. Because that, that's about the only thing that I do have to say was two things that I remember. I did. Oh, um, my brother used to go to the store. My mother worked, and my father did the cooking at the house. And every day he sent my brother to the store to buy food for that day's meal. And they had ration stamps. And of course, he was on a bicycle with no carrier, and they were all rolled up. So the people in the stores were complaining about it, so they, he had to sit down and put the new, the stamps from one book to another book so it would be better. What kind of um, food was rationed during that Everything. time? Everything. Everything, as far as I know, was rationed. Yeah, I mean, it was, had gone for the war effort, and, um... Do you remember what store you went to? Well, I... Re- I remember the store over in Kingstown. Um, my father heard that they were going to have some meat, so he got my brother up and got him over there early, and he went over there, got the meat, came home, and when my father cooked the meat, he says, those SBs sold me horse meat. <laughs> and it probably was. <laughs> um, Do you know of like a black market for meat maybe? Or is it? I, I don't have any idea. Okay. No idea at all. But um, you didn't get everything you, you did without. So, and of course, I wasn't in charge of any cooking because I was a kid. But um, anyway, I, there's one more thing, but I, I'll think of it. Okay. All right.
You up? Yes, I'm Rainy Cox, and I'll go by that name. As far as I can remember, uh, I was, if Charlotte was nine, then I must have been 14. <laughs> I remember walking the road out in front of the house during blackout because we had our blackouts, and then, um, and the rationing, Charlotte told you a lot of that. So I'm going to move on and say I was. Uh, one of the volunteers to spot airplanes because we didn't have radar then and the older ones in high school went to school for about a month and learned the different airplanes and the parts and then we had a little building about the size of two privies put together under a tree by the entrance of the hospital and when the airplane came over, we looked at it and described it on a telephone that we didn't have to have a number. All we did was picked it up. I imagine the next fella picked it up wherever. I have no idea. So that was my main part <laughs> to help the war effort. So how long did you stay in the tower for? It wasn't in a tower, it just a little building, uh-huh. And all you had in there was a telephone. Okay. And the tree's still there. Wow. The building's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Walter, can we hear from you? Okay. okay. Well, I, I was only 13 years old in 1941, but I remember the day my brother was inducted into the service. There was a... Uh, huh? Oh, <laughs> they all they all met. There was a group of them. I don't, can't tell you how many it was, but there was a, a goodly number. And uh, I'll be back. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> and uh, they met down in front of the new Lasting Theater and the Imperial Hotel building. And they were all inducted, got their papers, and uh, we were all thrilled. And uh, they turned and marched and marched down to the railroad station where they got on the train. And uh, when the train started out, well, all of us younger boys jumped on the train <laughs> and rode up to, the, up to the high street where we all had to jump off because it was going on from there. And then uh, he, was, he was stationed in England during the war. And I remember a few things that he wrote home about, especially on V. v, v VD Day? VD Day. Especially that. V Day. V Day. Victory in Europe. No, this this was uh Victory in Japan. This was the this was uh the big one? Yeah. Victory in Japan, VJ Day. No, that wasn't the V when they get when they when when they crossed the when 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 they went to when they invaded Germany. Oh, V Day. V Day. Well he was right home about he worked in the motor pool at the time. And he pumped gas, he said he pumped gas from 7 o'clock in the morning to 7 o'clock at night, filling vehicles up, getting them ready to ship to Germany. And, uh, and uh, you know, different things like that he'd write home, but that's about all I can remember. Some of the letters he wrote home. What was but, it like um, on the day 
of D-Day in the community. Did anybody know about it during that time? Well, I guess they did. I did you remember it, Rainey? No, I, I, uh, I remember. I remember when school got out, and when in the when the war was over. I remember that. But do you remember that, Rennie? When the war was over, no, when, 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 uh, I graduated on the third of June. Yeah. I graduated the third of June, and it was over the fifth. And that was our big topic at the end of school to write uh, an essay on when we hoped the war would be over. And that was within two or three days after our graduation. Mm -hmm. What about D-Day? Well, what date was September? June the 6th, 1944. Oh, my, I was still in school. Well, that's hard. Yeah. Did you guys hear anything on the radio about D-Day, or was that... I remember everybody had radios on and was listening because any time it was to be over and um, it was a big deal. And I do remember that when it was over, my brother went outside with the gun and put it up, a shotgun, and shot to, I don't know, electric or telephone, shot it right in two. So... <laughs> We were celebrating, I mean, making noise, you know. But he didn't aim for it. If he'd aimed for it, he'd have never done it. So it was very common to just have a gun in the house, right? That was odd for him to do something like that, but I think he would have shot his off. Did they go hunting a lot? Did they go hunting? No. Very little. Oh, I don't know, rabbits and oh, squirrels, squirrels. And anything no. you could eat. <laughs> That's true, anything you could eat. And they trapped for muskrats. And uh, I don't know. And across the railroad track in back of our house, we had the defense plant was a fireworks plant up until the war came. Then they changed it from that to a uh, power plant for munitions. detonators, I think is what they always said they were making over there. Uh-huh. We had two large buildings and then little buildings around through the field. And they tell me they had enough powder in there to blow Chestertown off the map. It was a powder but we didn't, it was a we didn't know it until it was all over. Did you hear about the munitions explosion during oh, you did. Oh, we were right across the tracks from them. Wow. Did they hear explosions? They blew witness out in town. Oh, yeah. What was the They killed several people, and then one of the buildings went up, and we lost a sister-in-law. It was 10 head that died that day. 1954, that happened. That's right. At 54, I wasn't in town. I was in Pontiac. Mm-hmm. And that was at our back door. Yes. Yeah. And it was all underground what were the power, you know, the, the ammunition or the, yeah. So, uh, you can still go back and then I guess after that it went back to fireworks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was For there until July. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. 
something else. What did you guys do to entertain yourselves? To, did you guys play any games or? Play ball and play. We fought. Fought one another. There was, when we got bored, when we got bored, we went to the neighbor. All the kids in town would come out and play ball because we had an empty field where Dixon Valley is, and they would come out and no matter what size, you played ball. We had a batting ball was always gotten from the Washington College. And if you lost the ball, the game was over. The game was over and that was it. Until they found it. <laughs> <laughs> that was our entertainment. Yeah. And like I said, when we got bored, we got mad at one another and had a good time fighting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember uh, Walter was talking about uh, going to the railroad, and uh, they were at, uh, what is it, Garfield Center downtown now? Um, that's where they gathered, and from the old movie house. They gathered there and walked up High Street down cross to the railroad station. But I remember that and the fellows and people crying, me too. <laughs> and, um, but uh, it, was a, it was a bad time. There was no men around. Boys in high school the last year volunteered, a lot of them. And uh, there was nobody around for a girl to date only between six and 60. <laughs> and the ones that were home couldn't carry a gun because they had flat feet. Mm. And I wound up marrying a farmer because they didn't take farmers. Oh. No, because they provided the food and everything. Oh. So maybe that's why I did wind up this one, <laughs> I don't know. Were, were there like any cases of like draft dodgers or deserters? Uh, well, we didn't have news like you do today. Mm. No. We had an old radio about this long, operated by battery. And we only had news Sunday night was Walter Winchell, and every night was Lowell Thomas. Gable Heater and Lowell Thomas, and that you was... You sat down and kept your mouth shut. You did. Back then, you mind your parents. <laughs> Back then. <laughs> You can take it from there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was pretty much our life. You got up and went to school, and you come home, and you had certain work you had to do. What did the women do in, while the men were gone? Did you work? Our, father, our mother went to work at the Rite of Food. When I was nine yeah. years old, Mom went to work. Because um, Nub, one of the... We had two brothers went in service and they helped support the family. There were only nine of us in the family. And I was the youngest. And you can't yourself. There's 11 of us in one. One of them was there. Yeah, well, 11, yeah. That's too many. But anyway, I, I was the youngest and she went to work when I, we were on welfare from the time I was three until, no, from six to, nine and she went to work at, yeah. at when I was nine at Vita Food Pickle Factory right across the road where KRM is now Dixon Valve and uh, I don't know do they have to move away to find a war related jo job do you know any other woman 
other did your mom have friends that had to move away to find a job or did they just all stay in town no, what was well one was Olin was a uh, uh, working on a farm the world second world war turned the women loose from then on Rosie the Riveter came along and from then on women started driving and then you know some of them went to offices but local mostly okay. yeah mm -hmm. but uh, women were homebodies up until then very much so <laughs> yeah so you did how'd you get your news did you get it mostly from the radio or did well, you read yeah, it? Got a newspaper every day newspaper. yeah how you afforded it I don't know Three remember cents. the newspaper? Evening. Um, evening. 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 But mostly, I go. We got our information from a from a brother in New York. So they they got more firsthand information than what we got. Did they have much propaganda back then, like about war bonds and like oh, yes. talking about there the war? A big sign in front of the post office about what four feet high and two or three feet wide, and it was Uncle Sam, and he says, "Buy bonds. We need you," wow. or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit more about um, the war bonds and like did people like try the community try to get you to buy war bonds like if you didn't well, buy some we bought, we bought uh, stamps saving stamps okay. in school they were 10 cents a piece okay. and uh, if you had 10 cents you know but uh, yeah people bought bonds and one thing or another war was over did you celebrate it anyway did were there was there a parade or no, no, no. Do, I don't think that we did do you oh they probably had some downtown but we were little <laughs> yeah we were Charlotte was much yeah so uh, oh yeah there was a lot of celebrating we still had Bluebird and several of the pubs around where when the fellows came home on weekend, that's where they went. Okay. Yeah, they had nothing else to do when they were on vacation or came home. They all hung out at the bar. I was too young for that. <laughs> Did you know what was going on? Did you know about like that the war was ending or were oh, you yeah. just oh yeah we weren't quite that primitive yeah. <laughs> no we weren't quite that bad but we did know every night the news yeah. yeah. Pretty much, uh-huh, yeah. What was, um, there were, did you have, did you have, like, equal, um, hate for, like, Germans and Japanese, or was it, did you know about that, or, because there are people. The, the, uh, the Holocaust, I don't remember any of that, but, well, that was after yeah, that. Yeah, we didn't know anything about no, that no. until it was but all over. Yeah. After the war, there was a no, um, prisoner camp over around Churchill, but that was yeah. after the war. And they would bring them into town on a truck. And I guess they worked on farms or whatever. I don't The prisoners, from German prisoners. I don't know. Uh, I thought they, well, they worked behind us. 
they, uh, the Bite of Food had a, a ditch that went down behind us, and I saw some of the German prisoners and talked to them. You don't have to speak German when you see a nice-looking <laughs> young fellow and you're that young girl with that. You didn't have to speak German. <laughs> How was that like? How did, uh, what did you guys try to talk about? Well, they were working, and, of course, they had somebody there watching them. Uh -huh. But, of course, it was right in their backyard where they were dig doing some of the... They had a drain that came behind their yard. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it went, I guess, down in the marsh part. And ever so often, there was a place that could open it, and it would get clogged up. And they would bring it, and also... They had our piano. Henry Domain bought, brought his wife's, he was the uh, manager of the cannery. And his wife had a piano and she took it to the cannery. And every lunchtime, the German prisoners had entertained. And I thought that was so nice because these fellows are in the service away from home had to be there, not being wanting to be there, you know. So uh, when the war was over, my mother decides to buy the piano. Wow. So. And she learned to play. I took for two years and never learned a thing. <laughs> How'd you get a piano all the way to the canning factory? The cannery, right? The canning factory. Did you say that's where the piano was? The cannery? It was fish, pickles. It was called the Bite of Food from out of New York. And Henry Domain was the manager locally. And he, uh, his wife had the piano and I. How'd they move the piano? How'd they move it? Those things are big. This way. <laughs> when, my, when my brother moved it to my house, he said, damn, I'm moving that thing anymore. <laughs> and he didn't. He didn't. It's still sitting in the shed down there where we used to live. <laughs> yeah. I had nobody to move it when I moved, right? What kind of songs did you got? Did they play? Do you remember? Well, I wasn't over there. Okay. I wasn't there, but my mother worked there. Oh, okay. And uh, she she was the one that told us, you know, what went on. So I thought that was nice. Did she Be tell you like what um, they looked like, like what they were dressed at, dressed, or what clothes they were wearing? Or? They were, I guess, in their fatigues, like, mm -hmm. uh huh. Yeah, because they weren't officers. They weren't dressed up fellas, you know. Yeah. And they were just in the, sort of the OD color, they called it, olive drab color. Mm -hmm. Do so, you know what, how they felt? Do you know what they're, were they scared or did they know what they were doing? How would you feel if you were a long ways from home held prisoner? Yeah. Not knowing what tomorrow was going to be. But they were good to them. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were, you know, they were very good to them because these fellows had no choice. So, you know, they were drafted. They didn't ask, do you want to volunteer? Yeah. No, they were drafted. If you could carry a gun and didn't have flat feet, you were in the service. Yeah. Like I said, from what, 18 and up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that was interesting to me too, you know. Mm -hmm. These things are popping in my head as we go along. <laughs> I, I think 
the head. I wasn't there. I, I could always share what what, what, what it was. But yeah, I mean, I could tell you stories of pop shared. I mean, yeah. Did so you have saying. any stories? We we were lucky. We had um, a brother-in-law, two brothers, brother-in-law, two brothers, and they all came home. Now, oh, we had two brother-in-laws, and our other sister's husband was shot in England, uh, in Germany, someplace over there. I don't know where it was. I think he was in France. He was in France and shipped back to England. Yeah. That could be. Yeah, he had a close one. Like, he said if it had been just a fraction more, he wouldn't have been here to tell the story. Well, Nubby went, Nubby went to Saigon, wasn't it? Saipan. Saipan. Uh, and he shot the big guns. And the other, my other brother was an MP. And uh, he had a round with, not a round, but talked with General Patton one time. Um, he said he heard that there was a... You want me to tell the story? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you call that thing. You Wait, go ahead and do it. He, he was an MP. What's an MP? MP, military, military policeman. policeman. He was a military okay. policeman. And and he, um, they, they had a situation where, where a soldier had been, been uh, a pedestrian accident and he had been hit by one, a self-propelled gun. A, a self-propelled gun. And, and the, they were up there taking care of this guy and here comes Patton and and Uncle Perk said, whoa, whoa, you can't go up here. And of course, Patton hopped out, what's going on here? And he says, got a man up here who's been run over by 105. He don't need a Jeep running over him. And Patton walked up to see what was going on. And when he come back, he says, keep up the good work, soldier. He got in the Jeep, turned around and left. <laughs> you saw a that's, that's how it related to me. Well, that's right. That's yeah. right, what you said. It, but it was a church or something where they'd had a covering that came out over it and somebody had had knocked part of it down or something and this fellow was laying there. And he had already, my brother had already sent for an ambulance. So uh, anyway. He said it wasn't a very good feeling when you had to direct a convoy during the night and you were the only one standing out there with the light on and not knowing who was where the Germans were, he said that was pretty spooky. Wow. Yeah, he but he got home in good shape. So he said there was one time that they um, put him someplace, and he said it was the worst stench, and uh, there was a German tank there, and it had three dead Germans in it, and he said whoever was with him scrounged me up some gasoline. And they put the gasoline in there and set fire to it and got rid of the smell. They incinerated what was left. I mean, they were already dead. <laughs> so. Why they blew it up? Yeah, they blew they it up. So they just caught fire and oh. burned the bodies. And, and the tank had been knocked out, and the, 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 the German soldiers that were inside were dead. And okay. the stink was there, and he called and said, get some gasoline up here. And they dumped gasoline in the tank and set it on fire to kill the smell. That's, okay. That's really interesting. And that's just no. that's just things that happen in wartime. So. And this is in Germany. Germany. Yeah. So another time he said that he they dropped him someplace, and um, it could have been the same place. Anyway, he said the Germans were coming one way and the Americans were coming the other way. He says, "What happens if German gets here first? He told her, "You're on your own." <laughs> he 
In other words, get out of there, I guess. If they're here, then you go there. <laughs> oh, no, Larry. No, Larry. No, Larry. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. I will tell you why we had a chair, a dining room chair, with no seat in it, I don't know. But during a blackout one night, I sat in a chair. Now, here I was just a kid, and here my butt through the bottom of the chair because there was no seat. Don't, don't ask me why there was no seat and why the chair was still there. I don't know. Was the black, were the blackouts scary for you? Or did no, you? not really. Not really. I didn't think so. Town back then. No, we never locked doors. No. Yeah, you had to. Yeah. Do you remember the names that you named, talked about? You were saying that they named them? No, what? games. They games. played, they played oh, games. Okay. What kind of blackout games? I can't remember what they were. We, we, yeah, we'd play hide and go seat. We'd put white, white sheets over our heads and play ghosts and all that kind of stuff. Scare everybody in the house. And, you know, we just had to make the best way out of it we could. There was no movies or, you know, when the black eyes were going on, so you had to make do whatever you could. Movies were 17 cents? Yeah, 15 cents. 15 cents, okay. I remember 17. Do you remember any of the movies that were playing? Oh, my gosh. Oh, the Border with Gene. Oh, Cowboys in. Roy Rogers. Hopalong Cassidy. Oh, yeah, and German. Japanese planes. Oh yeah. Oh, you learned to hate the They say just shoot our planes down, and then they'd show him the Japanese the going down, and yeah. just laughing. And to this day, I don't like them. Oh. Sorry. I could, I could be wrong. One of the, the big movies in 1941 was Sergeant York, wasn't it? Yeah. Where he came out, yeah, yeah. with uh, Gary Cooper. Yeah. Uh huh. One was Sergeant York. He, he was a hillbilly no. out of North Carolina or yeah, South. He was from Tennessee. Tennessee. And uh, it was a good movie, yeah. One of our better ones, yeah. So most of the movies that came out were very patriotic. Did these like give? Yeah, they were horror pictures. Uh huh. Did yeah. They, did this bring the community together? These patriotic movies, like saying, "Wow, I'm like a true American," something like that, or went well, off. It would be, off, it would be yeah, it yeah, would be patriotic with the news on it. And black th back then, you had a black section. They were up in the gal. Were they up at the gallery at that time? Yeah, the blacks were upstairs in the... They were, they were the there area. in a separate entrance. Yeah. yeah so segregated? Mm -hmm. Segregated, yeah. What? Segregated, they were segregated. Oh, oh yeah. Segregated, yeah, back then. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Got a little bit of a hairy thing. Yeah, you walked with your bigger brother so the, the blacks didn't... One day they stopped me and wanted my money. And I, I don't. Yeah, I think my brother came to my rescue. <laughs> yeah. Scare me to death, but I kept walking. Yeah. How were the African Americans during the war? Were they supportive of the war? As oh yeah, they were. Sure, they were drafted same as everybody else. They were colored. Didn't make any difference. Yeah, that was killed. Yeah, Helen Hamilton had a brother that was killed in the service. Yeah. I can't think of his name. 
they were a citizen, and when he turned 18, he went too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was the discrimination more or less um, the, or the same during the war? Do yes. You know? Yes. Okay. Um, how did this impact, um, how did the war, like, impact, um, King County or Chestertown? Did it have, we were was poor it? people, that's the only thing I can tell you. That would talk from us. I remember mom paid, at one time, mom paid $9 a month rent, and then I think it went to 12 But we, we, we were about, we were talking about the cannery, the Vita Food. Maybe from here to the corner of that brick building, it, it sat across the road in front of our house. About that. The you know. Okay. Uh, when you go out High Street, where the, where the rail trail is, that big commercial structure that's there, yes. that, that was Vita Food. Oh, okay. On the left is where uh, Mike's auto shop is okay. that's where their house sat that's right there I don't know what happened to the house but that's where we lived okay. uh, I'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> your father trying to spit his back as you between our toes <laughs> yeah, we had some great times we didn't know any difference yeah. and at least a little bit of entertainment was fun. We played cards and checkers and things like that. Was what our games were. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a telephone until 1949. And the number was 256W. And it was a party line. And somebody else had 256J, and somebody else had 256. Yeah. Um. And where KNRM is today, it was a vacant lot. And the cannery sit back beyond that, back where the youth center is. And that's where everybody came out of town and played ball. It was right there. Mm -hmm. And that was there. Yeah, pretty much what our entertainment was. And it was all ages that played. Yeah. So was that every weekend? Did you, was that every day? After there? school or whatever, whatever they could get there. Yeah. And they, all the kids just went... I'm yeah. gonna go play ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you had more than just two or three, honey, you could really get something going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you mentioned um, your brother-in-law. Um, they. Did you have any letters from? Did you communicate with? Mom. Your, mom uh, communicated with the MP. Now the one that was in. Um, Saipan, um, he never really learned to read and write. And uh, a man that he knew did write to mom, but I believe that was before they left this country. He was in Panama then. Yeah. And when he went away, we didn't really know where he was for, what, about four years. And we mm -hmm. were in bed one night, and... Um, um, so and you never lock doors, and we heard the front door open. Mom woke up and she heard the front door open, and um, somebody said something. And then we heard the door into the dining room, 
And he come back in the hall and he hollered, God damn, ain't nobody gonna get up. And it was the brother that we hadn't had heard from, didn't know where he was or anything. How I got in? I. Maybe that guy up season picked him up. Walter. <laughs> Think of him and his brother and my. He was my husband. Um. Um. They they were always going someplace and they had to hitchhike because they didn't have cars. And they came down from Elkton and this vehicle come along picked him up. And the man was drunk. <laughs> so he didn't go too far. He let him out. We're glad. And they kept on walking. Here come another vehicle. Same man. <laughs> Picked him up twice. We went up we went up to pick our brother in law up. And we went to Elkton and we couldn't find him. He told us where he'd be. He was hiding behind the telephone pole because it was beyond curfew. And he knew if he got, if they picked him up, he'd, he'd be charged with loitering <laughs> or whatever. I remember Perks was up in uh, Fort Devens, Massachusetts, and he had a weekend pass that only allowed you a short distance from, honey, he came all the way home from Massachusetts Massachusetts to Chestertown, but he got back. He didn't get caught. So wow. that's impressive. Some trip. <laughs> wow. Do any of you like know if Washington College did anything to support the war effort, or if you had like any, any knew anyone who was a student? Not anything that I know of right now. I don't remember about the college. They said Nub got on the cornerstones of the cemetery in the front with a sheet over him and scared him to death when they come walking by. Yeah, I remember. A restaurant and bar out the road past us. Sure Do you remember what? I'm sure they must have, but at our age we wouldn't have, you know, acknowledged it, I, I don't think. Um, so... Do you have any lessons for our today's generation that you'd like to pass on to us? What was that question again? Do you want to, do you have any, what, like, do you have any lessons for today's generation would you like to pass on to us? Advice. Yeah, go to the to the fullest because it may be your last. The only advice I know is stay out of war. Is there anything we forgot to ask um, about your life in Chestertown that you wanted to talk to us about? About what? Anything you forgot to ask? No, just about life. I would love it. Much excitement. The only regret is it turned our town into a city. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is growth. I mean, it, you know, everybody seems to think we. This is God's country down here now, and uh, we have grown quite a lot. Yeah. Where it used to be all fields is all grown up now. Yeah. I, I will tell you this. Um, I work for a telephone company, 
And uh, those ladies told me, I said, what happened during the war when not too many people had phones? Nobody lost their job. Everybody took a cut in hours. And everybody kept their job that was there. So um, people worked together then, mm-hmm. helped one another. For one thing, they were just really coming out of the Depression. And that's, that's when people were really had to help one another. That's why we had a war. So, uh, that's why we had a war, to bring us out of the Depression. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and Roosevelt. Well, so. they said Roosevelt knew about Pearl Harbor. But whether or not that was so. Do you remember him coming to Chestertown? I have a story there. Huh? Your mother. You were sick when he came to Chestertown. Oh, my mother was a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat. Uh And uh, she just loved FDR. And uh, she, he was coming to town to the college for something. Anyway. He messed with the speaker, I think. Probably. Anyway, um, she said that um, she was going to go. And when he. He came to town. I was loaded with Infotago. Never left the doorstep. Oh, oh no. You can remember that. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have a question? No, not at all. Okay. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, does anybody else have any stories they would like to share? That's, that's all. I think I know. I'm gonna stop recording in five seconds unless anyone speaks up. <laughs> Three, Great. Two, one.